don't sweat the technique. to Don't Sweat the Teen Technique podcast. Sorry, slurring my words, but I'm not having anything to drink. Just tired from jet lag. Um, this is episode three, and it's a live episode. Um, I'm actually here in Scotland, not having to do this through Skype with the guys, Duncan and Colin. Um, and we're stealing your mic, so we might actually sound all right this time. <laughs> yep, yeah, might sound better. Colin is graciously, uh, is graciously using his laptop because... Mine is humped. I don't think it was actually. I don't think it would have survived a trip coming here. So <laughs> I really need a new one. But um, yeah, how we doing, boys? Good to be here finally. See you again. Good to see you too, Bob. How long's it been since oh. you were in the land of the brave? <laughs> the, the true land of the the brave. Home, home of the free. Home of the free. Um, two years. Yeah, it's a long time. I know. I think it's really funny that we talk normally this whole time, and then all of a sudden we kind of put on our podcast voice and talk louder. And more like asking obvious questions, but that's just well. We've obviously sat for like what three hours pre this, so it's like we've had a decent chance to catch up already. But we had time to watch the the heart the Star Wars holiday special, <laughs> which was the weirdest hour and a half of my life. Sadly, it's the second time um, me and Colin have seen it, um, and uh, once again, my my fault, my bad guys. Yeah, that's, 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 um, I, I have a soft spot for. Uh, for, for all bad uh, movies and TV um, and Star Wars being in the kind of recent um, circulation with a new film out I was like what what better what way better to, time. to celebrate life day than uh, sitting down with your best mates watching whatever that was whatever that was <laughs> a bunch of I mean the, if you've never watched it if you're Scottish you've probably never seen it because it's called the holiday special it is a quite an American thing but it was a special that came out by the way this is an MMA podcast we'll get to that <laughs> but um, it's a holiday special it was like a sh- I thought it was meant to be a short thing but it was an hour and a half of a, a Star Wars and it's not Christmas but it's a life day yeah it's like they're, they're kind of their play on it and it, it's set so it came out what we think is about a year and a half after the first film when they realised they had something that a lot of people were interested in but obviously didn't have a lot of uh, oversight in the production of it I mean we looked it up and they they had I mean just so you know th- this thing there's no words we can say to really explain just, yeah, it just go on YouTube and, and look up uh, Star Wars Holiday Special if you've never heard of it or seen it it's uh, it's life changing the, the first half hour is three wookies of indiscriminate race even though they're rookies, um, <laughs> screaming at each other, and there's no exposition or explanation. Um, I mean, I'm glad we watched it in a, in a weird way. Yeah. You, it wouldn't be a, a trip for you back to Scotland if I didn't force you to watch something yeah. horrible. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, gl- I'm glad I watched it two <laughs> years ago. I don't know why I watched it a second time. <laughs> I'm just glad you haven't felt the need to take your own life at this point. <laughs> watched it a second time. Just wait till another two years, Duncan. And then we'll, <laughs> I, we'll, we'll sit down again, revisit. Well, when we hang out, it does take... I think it takes a few hours before we can start talking about MMA in any way that's uh, entertaining or introspective or even analytical. But um, yeah, this episode, we just wanted to keep it simple off the cuff. 
because we're here there's not a lot of stuff to organize we just have my mic hooked up to the laptop we're watching um highlights of old fights from this past year uh we're going to review ufc 245 mm -hmm. usman and covington but uh if we have more time we may um we may we may look at maybe some of our favorite moments maybe just throw that sprinkle those in instead of doing a segment you know but we don't have a lot of time um good friend duncan has to catch his bus i'm glad there's still buses running that time of night but <laughs> we'll try and get through it we're currently watching um uh, silent given we are watching jorge masvidal beat the brakes off of nate diaz in their fight for the you kind of forget how brutal this you kind of forget <laughs> just how awful this was for I, me i think i was it was uh as all these are for us in in, in scotland a very very late night um and you've you've gone through a lot to hit this four at five in the morning when this comes on and uh, quite often when you go back and watch highlights of fights you it's got a whole new kind of like perception of it and uh, this one definitely is i thought nate did a little bit more <laughs> it's funny how controversial the end of this fight was when you consider how one-sided it was for, yeah uh, yeah there was the duration um and, and that is all just as we kind of said before that that nate diaz heart finishing it right at the end of the fight he gets better as it goes on that's i think that's a bit of a hollow argument when you look back at this yeah well um I mean, the thing, well, I'm a huge Nate Diaz fan, as I've probably said about five times in these past uh, two episodes we've had. But I did I did think when he fought Pettis that he did look slower than usual, and he did look kind of awkward, more so than he did in like the Connor fight or when he fought um, Michael John. Uh, I'm say Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan? Matt. Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael, what's his Johnson. name? Is it Michael Johnson? I'm going to say Michael, Michael Jackson there. Michael That'd Johnson, be even worse. Yeah. I, th I thought he looked slower um, and just I, I don't doubt he's been training I don't know if it's age or his drive or enthusiasm or if it's just that his style is kind of I think we said before I feel like his style is kind of outdated a little bit but or that Jorge was just a much better fighter yeah. but size wasn't really much of an advantage for him in this fight that we're watching um, Jorge's got the quicker hands lands the cleaner shots when Nate does land punches they look really kind of slap boxy if that's even a word doesn't seem to affect massive that at all but um kind of makes me sad to watch it a wee bit but fantastic performance from george i do wonder if when he fights i, I just saw now this is reddit rumors but i just saw he's meant to fight usman this year all right title. okay i haven't seen that and we'll get into his performance against covington in a minute but mm. i do wonder if uh I'm, I'm really curious to see that match up and i'm really glad that jorge's the one fighting him because it seems more compelling than nate getting wrestled oh, yeah, for, oh yeah for sure yeah and you can you can ride this masvidal hype that we're currently on into into that that usman fight if, if it does happen all right well speaking oh, this was a good oh so this is the wrong part i thought this was the part where he, uh he did that weird kind of baron bolo roll almost on george oh but yeah no it wasn't anyway speaking of usman why don't we get into ufc 245 now, i guess i'm not even asked you guys yet did you guys watch the whole thing or did you catch just the main cards um, I watched the. Was it we watched it together? We, we watched, we watched yeah. the main card. Yeah, so um, we, we didn't see any of the prelims, uh, but we were together when we watched it, and we watched every fight on the main card. I think we were doing. I can't remember exactly what else when some of the earlier fights, maybe, but by the time we had kind of the, the top three fights, we were we were properly engaged. Yeah. We were laughing. 
It's pretty good. What about yourself? Well, you, uh, you guys uh, stay up very, very late and watch them together. I don't blame you um, <laughs> only watching the main card considering you stay up so late just because it's... I mean, it's hours and hours and hours of television. Oh, yeah. If you, I mean, particularly if you start in the first set of prelims, you're, you're setting yourself down for a long night. I know. I mean, you as much as I love this sport, it's like saying to somebody who loves football, do you want to go away and watch eight hours of football? They're probably not going to say yes unless there's a lot of drink involved. Yeah. And that's why we have to keep ourselves topped up throughout the night with um, <laughs> snacks, alcohol, and uh, party games on the Xbox. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> is, this, is this a segue into a sponsor? Or? <laughs> Shout out Overcooked and Overcooked 2. And, uh, and Night Squad. And Night, we squad, had Night Squad. Night Squad all day. Night Squad. Um, I've got the luxury of living somewhere where the time zone matches up with the card so I actually get to watch it at a decent hour but it does chew up all my Saturday for the most <laughs> part especially if I want to watch um, everything which I didn't watch everything for this one um, I probably let's see I think I watched yes I watched a couple of the prelims not the early prelims but I watched Matt Brown and Ben Saunders I really like Matt Brown um, I, I believe that he used to be addicted to heroin and oh, I didn't know that got over that was that in the <laughs> second set of prelims yeah. when he was in heroin <laughs> no no well maybe no uh, he was the first fight on the, the first set of yeah the second set of prelims the real the, the real prelims as if the <laughs> early prelims don't matter um, just that yeah he was in the regular prelims not the early ones um, really did a number on Ben Saunders Ben Saunders don't think is um I didn't want to insult anybody by saying they're a bit of a journeyman, but Ben Saunders seems to kind of hang around um, just ha- the outside of the upper echelons of his weight class, uh, welterweight 170. Never really seems to get too high, but it, it was a good matchup, but Matt Brown had some really great um, Muay Thai, some elbows from the clinch. I think he broke off from the, the clinch several times with elbows. Um, I believe he finished it with ground and pound. It was a really great match. I just love to see Matt Brown compete. I like... Uh, I like stories of people overcoming stuff in their life and doing better. I, I do remember the one time, I think Matt Brown is friends. Oh, yeah, is there coming on the screen? I do believe he's friends with someone that's in a band, or there's just a band who like him that wrote a song for him. And I do remember that the UFC refused to play it as a walkout song for some obscure reason, uh, which made me really sad. But uh, I tuned in for that one. I skipped Ian Heinich and Omari Akhmedov because the last time I watched Ian Heinish fight I think it was against Shoeface and I just refused to watch another fight by him after that what, what was bad about the Shoeface fight? was it the Shoeface fight? I'm going to have a quick look no, he did win the Shoeface fight I mean all Shoeface I mean, does is form. all Shoeface does is get a hold of you from the back gets his grip and just hugs your waist until you decide to either fall over or try and turn against him which doesn't work Oh, I'm sorry. I apologise. Apologise to Shoeface, even though he's a bit boring as well. <laughs> it was Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson. Yeah, that's that right. was potentially the worst UFC fight I'd seen on a main card um, in a long time. It was the epitome of boring. And he, I mean, Heinish is absolutely amazing at uh, escaping from any attempts to take him to the ground, to keep him on the <laughs> he, ground. He's got like a ragdoll fucking way of, he throws himself about the place, but somehow manages to get back on his feet out of it. But he's not much good for anything else. Um, yes, he's good for looking like a short, steepy impersonator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's about it. 
also is quite skeptical. Speaking of drugs, I believe he used to sell drugs in Amsterdam. And his redemption story is just that he stopped selling drugs. I mean, his, <laughs> his is story bit... is he's got, um, is it the, the Players' Tribune? Where uh, MMA fighters and other athletes write their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're, I know the Players' Tribune oh, because of basketball. Like, there's loads of basketball. Uh, so, like, the one that, uh, that springs to mind for me is uh, Kevin Love of uh, currently the Cleveland Cavaliers wrote uh, a big article in the Players' Trim Tribune about his battle with depression right. um, and mental health. Um, so it's a really good form if you just want to touch on athletes' personal stories. Specific and non-specific, it can be anything, but there's you know, there's lots to get from it, not just about the sports itself, but athletes in general. I'm being a little bit facetious, I'll admit. Um, I do like stories like that. Well, I've, I've seen, there's, a, there's a quite a few MMA ones there, and Wiley Zhang's was on it this week, and she was talking about how she was influenced by Bruce Lee, and you know it's quite generic. Uh, but Ian Heinish's is really interesting, because he talks about how he used to smuggle drugs, as you said, uh, and take drugs, um, as all the best drug smugglers do. Mm-hmm. Then he got put in prison on the Canary Islands, where he learned to wrestle against convicts in a sandpit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's um, that's a story of a definitely a martial arts film right uh, there. Yeah, and it's apparently his the the rights to his life story have been sold. Now that doesn't really mean that anyone's going to make a film. About but it's there. It's there. The, op- the options there. The yeah. options there. Wow. But I would recommend reading that. He's a very interesting character, and you can um, you can see aspects of uh, flashes of brilliance in his fights when he sort of grandbies out of absolutely everything. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Not quite putting it together just yet. Just not at that level. Not at that level yet. Well, you Next. know, the UFC love a story and tell one also if we can. Uh, the next, I skipped that one. I skipped Caitlin Vera and Irene Aldana. I believe that that was a KO in round one, which um, is rather unusual for women's MMA. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't know the result of this at all. As um, a, in fact, we're watching that right now. This is perfect timing. First round KO. That's a nice. That's a nice left. Yep, nice left hook. Out. She's out as well. Pretty much cold. Yeah, it's not even like she's. It's not like a TKO that gets kind of build higher build as a KO. Yeah. It's, it's a legit. I think it was that follow up right on the ground as well. Put her out completely. I mean, yes. again, going through these highlights as we're talking, which is kind of nice for for me since not only seeing results and not watching the fights. Um, there's there's some really good fights by the looks of it on on the, this prelim and some of the, and some of the early prelims that we had on earlier. Got some black on black crime now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Perry and Jeff Neal, black on black violence. Um, I've been loving the Reddit MMA memes about Mike Perry being black. I mean he he's the one that put a video out there saying he did a DNA test and found out he was one. That's, that's asking that's asking for trouble. One percent black, I think it was. Um, and therefore he's allowed to say the n-word legally without realising that in America it's your first amendment right to say the n-word if you want <laughs> you just might get beat up for it Yeah, uh, he did get beat up for it he yeah. did as we just saw a head kick to wobble him I was very I like Mike Perry he's not the kind of guy that I would usually like but there's just a kind of charm about him um, it's the fact that he's not you can tell he's not quite all there so any of the complete nonsense he says about being like 1% black and can yeah. say the N word doesn't really it doesn't really resonate on a serious level with me. I, I warmed to him when he talked to Ariel Helwani about his long term goal of uh, building a platinum satellite into space to uh, speak to God. <laughs> to speak to God. Uh, I believe it was to speak to God. I can't think who else it would be to speak to. I, I honestly surely that it was Jeff Neal wanting to build that. <laughs> but um, 
Jeff Neal forgot he's actually uh, I shouldn't say a dark horse talking about black and black violence yeah. he is a up and coming I would say off the radar of a lot of people that's what I'm trying to say um, mm. really good hands of stone Neal he's a really good contender I mean Mike Perry's tough as they come he just had a war with Vicente Luque and he put Mike Perry away like it was nothing so I'm really excited to see him rise up the ranks I'm just really hoping that he doesn't become there seems to be a curse at welterweight uh, with like Leon Edwards and these guys are extremely talented but it just seemed to be painfully boring or people just don't seem to give them the traction that they need to kind of launch their persona out there I'm hoping it's not the case for Jeff Neal I'm hoping that I mean he's got his name is Jeff Neal it's a very <laughs> planned name yeah it's not it doesn't jump off he's the page. a very nice young guy you know you've always got to be doing more if your name is two first names yes <laughs> it's never easy for you yes so good luck to him throw up throw up a dolly or a bus or something like that oh, something yeah. like that you know punch an old guy something to get your name out there yeah in the right way um we're not gonna hear in conor mcgregor i would say it is christmas it's technically past christmas but your christmas tree is up <laughs> so we're still in the christmas spirit we're forgiving people for their crimes we're forgiving uh ourselves for being cynical about fights but rest assured after the christmas period all forgiveness will be revoked <laughs> we're, we're back to regular regular hating yeah. regular beatings will continue and we get to to have some some fresh fresh fighting footage of connor which we're i'm sure all very much looking forward to seeing yep until morale approves well this is the beginning of the main car we're actually coming to now this, which is where we 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 jumped in and on the yeah where uh, you guys jumped in the favor train where us insomniac casuals uh, <laughs> popped in hits the a.m in the morning the, the fights come on and uh what a better what, what a better way to start than with uh your favor in his 40 year old um fighting style um which i love to be honest i i i uh, i was sad but happy in the way that uriah retired um, <laughs> And I'm not sure it was the right decision to, to come back. Um, but I still appreciate seeing him on the card. He's 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 a character. You're a, he's a he's a complete mainstay of MMA and the UFC's, you know, for, well, I wouldn't say the formative years because, you know, that was obviously UFC one when it started, but the kind of new age of it, but the new age when it really became a, a public eye kind of thing. Well, he was the poster boy of the WEC, um, and a big part of the introducing, you know featherweight and lightweight to the UFC was uh... yeah well it, w- it was always quite strange that he decided to come back I mean it was in he, fought, he came back in Sacramento against Ricky I don't know if it's Simone or Simon another Ooh. guy with two first names for a name um, but Ricky our boy Ricky well, he's not really our boy but young Ricky with the mullet um, got an ass whipping in Sacramento and Uriah Faber's hometown and I think that really just gave. I think Uriah just kind of did it for a, a one last hurrah kind of thing, because he did but so he got, well. But he did so well, got the the win quite convincingly. Yep, I think it's quite mental that they gave him Peter Yan though, because or Poiter Yan. I'm not sure how you really say it, but my goodness, Yan is a complete killer. He's so high level. He could easily be champion. I think he might actually have a good shot. I I, I was I was surprised at the match up here. Like that seems. He's, he's such a as I said Uriah is like a poster boy for, for the UFC he's, he sells sells tickets he's name brand I think throwing him against Yan is unfair but um, he agreed to it so it's his choice but it yeah. seems well, it's, it seems like a tactic to build up Yan's name off a, off a win off someone everyone recognises I, I feel like he's I don't know I think Bantam they're, right. doing, they're doing Uriah dirty though if he's that's the next fight that he gets 
Yeah, I think their battle moot's a little bit held up with like Aljamain Sterling probably being a, a next contender for the belt, and yet he's injured. Mm. But Pedro Munoz as P- well. Pedro Munoz. Um, but, yeah, I think... I mean, also, it shows how like, your game you're in favour still is at 40 mm. to still say alpha. Anybody? Yeah, know? sure. Um, but I will say that I think Uriah might have even had a part to play in this. He may have even said... You know, maybe I can have one last run at the title now that TJ's out. <laughs> and well, I mean, I Cody think if, I think is if, down the ranks. If, what, if, he'd, if he'd beat Jan, then there's yeah. that. There's an argument for that. It's if, just if, I don't think I don't know who believed that was going to happen. Apart from maybe Uriah, if that's the case. No, I mean, if he'd won this fight, absolutely be right in there with a, a, a sort of old man title shot. They love that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was never going to happen here. No. Definitely not. I definitely think he was picturing some kind of Michael Bisping-esque, mm, almost yeah. retiring by capturing the gold thing. Um, but it didn't work out as we just seen. Gets put in his bum. I think he got put down a few times in this fight. Was it a knee? No, it was a kick. The kick was the last shot. It of was fight. a. But I think it was kick. right on the right on the end. It's really nice to be able to watch this in real time. Actually, if you just more often. Um, Peter Yando, fantastic. Yeah, he just he just killed him. Killed him the whole fight. Did. I can't I can't remember if this is Reddit rumors or not, but I believe Peter Yan also said it's going to be hard to knock Uriah Faber out because he has two chins. But <laughs> if he did actually say that, he's got a fan in me. Um, if someone doesn't want to be, you know, a complete trash talker in the UFC, I still appreciate a little bit of humor. Uh, he does seem quite um, charismatic for a Russian fighter. I know that makes him kind of. Um, stereotypical of me but it seems like most Russian fighters we get quite reserved and humble but he seems like he's quite uh... well I might be mistaken but I think he's one of the few that is uh, not a Dagestani <laughs> an um, actual Russian uh, a real, real Russian <laughs> who lives yeah. near the capital as opposed to the mountains <laughs> that's amazing well while you look that up because um, I do want to know if that's true or not yeah, I don't want to spread uh, misinformation about Peter yet. Unfair rumours, I call them. Colin doesn't want the KGB kicking <laughs> down his door tonight. They definitely will track this IP address. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, we had Mara Moraes and Jose Aldo. Um, I keep calling him Jose Aldo because in Mexico, where they speak Spanish, it's Jose, not jo- Jose. Now, it is Portuguese, so maybe it does go back to Jose in Brazil. And maybe I've been wrong this whole time. But I've always I've always believed that conspiracy theory about Joe Rogan hating Jose Aldo, and I think he's always been mispronouncing his name on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say Jose, right? Um, this was a great fight. Um, looking at the highlights, it looks a little bit more even than I thought it did. Looking at it live, so what what did you feel live? Then did you think it was just uh, from what I remember live? I felt like Jose was backing Marlon up the whole time. Yeah, um, maybe wasn't landing all the shots in the world against him. But certainly was keeping the pressure on him, keeping him against the cage. He did land a couple though because Marlon was very um, stunned a couple of times, I believe. But I, I felt like it was it could have been a draw. I felt like um, I wouldn't want to say Aldo at the time. I thought Aldo won it, but looking back, I think I, I, I think it was pretty much fifty fifty. I think yeah. you were right on the money at the start there. I think it could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a you know a really exciting fight to watch the whole way through. Even, it was constant things, both you know, kicks yep. and, 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 and jabs and throws everywhere. It was constant action. Um but yeah, fit probably fifty fifty. Um but different, yeah. Looking back on highlights now it Of course. Yeah. It's I, easier to say that. <laughs> I, I made the argument at the time that because Jose was backing up Marlon that he should have won, but as we just saw, Marlon was landing plenty of return fire, mm-hmm. which makes it far more What was the do you remember how the judges scored that one? 
think it was. I think it was a split. Was it a split? Um, I thought it was unanimous. It was a split. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which again makes for makes sense. It does. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not really that mad at it. I, I just thought. I just wanted to see Josie do really well. I think he could do well. He did do well. He, I would argue. Yeah, I would argue he, he did. He's. It's not a. It's not a bad. Um, or a mark on his, his career. Despite how he looked at the, the oh. weigh-ins, uh, he looked Skeletor. Skeletor means. He really didn't help himself keeping that hood up the whole time. <laughs> that was a bad look. Um, looking so cut. I think it's just because we've never seen him cut. Obviously he cut weight to featherweight, but we've never seen him do it such an even more extreme weight cut than that. And He just doesn't look good. When he, doesn't you know, look. he looked. No one does, but he looked especially... Um, you could you could breathe on him and he would fall over. Yeah. It looked like he chose the wrong cup in the in the Anna Jones film, which was <laughs> Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, like, or Raiders of the Lost Ark. I can't remember which one, but he picked the wrong cup and got all shoveled up. Uh, I think he could still do really well batting weight. Um, you think he'll stay there? He's. I think he will, but it's so frustrating to me that he does not throw his leg kicks anymore and I don't know if he's just broke something before in training and he's psychologically not okay with throwing kicks or if he just thinks it's an outdated game plan he threw I think two leg kicks the entire fight oh, really? down. especially when he's been backing someone up right if he's making Marlon circle away from him to the right especially that is just prime real estate for leg kicks because um, he's going to walk into them Yeah, but he never did it he did it twice in the whole 15 minutes they fought and I don't know if he's also maybe scared of from when he fought Chad Mendes maybe he thought oh I might get taken down by these wrestlers or I have no idea but I'd love to see him just go back to his kind of classic Muay Thai but the aggression you see like, like we're watching now he's really going after Marlon um, well yeah like he's, he's you that, what you were saying about from when you watched it the first time um, the pressure he put on him he, he was he was taking hits, but he was he was moving him into the cage constantly. He was stepping forward into his punches, um, yeah. But when he's getting backed up, you would like to see him throw a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, that kind of I, I was really worried thinking he was sloppy when he was like kind of overreaching after Marlon and like literally running after him at times. But I remember that's always been Josie Aldo. Yeah. He's always been like that. He's always ran at people when they try and get away. He's always thrown the kitchen sink at people at times his head movement was quite good as well like I thought that he was he was getting hit a lot but he was moving and the right he wasn't moving into a lot of the punches that he was taking so they, they looked like there was a lot of power but he was he was moving with it rather than against it yeah he does I believe I've heard I can't remember who said it but I think maybe Jack Slack pointed out that he does use a lot of head movement but he does over exaggerate it um, which leads to him getting hit because it's, it's not subtle enough or mm-hmm. something like that I guess it's coming from a guy sitting on a couch, not a pro fighter, but me, not Jack Slack. I don't know Jack Slack's situation, but if that was even him who said it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Jose, the best he can hope for at this point is, I mean, to be honest, so he fought Marlon, who was the number, his number one contender at Bantamweight and did good and arguably could have won. So yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think he's on his way out. I think he's still got plenty of juice in the tank. Yeah, super even fight, both of them. And, and the, I think one of the things that surprised me about this was just how... Aldo is like what, one or two years older than him. Is he um, only that? Yeah, yeah. So there's a quite there's there's not much of any difference between them at all. Um, and given how he looked, he, he could be around at bantamweight for a while. He could be. I think it's just that 
I think I think Aldo's older than he is just because he's been fighting for so It feels like he's been yeah. about for ages. Yeah, know. 33 to Only 33. Yeah. I forget yeah, he was quite young when he started in WEC. Um, that's crazy. Well, that's, that's good news then. Of course, I'm all for fighters retiring early if they can to save their brains, you know. And hmm. The damage is just not worth it, I think. for Well, it's never worth it, you know. It's good to kind of get in and get out while you can, that sort of thing. But a lot of these guys... <laughs> Are just too tough for their own kids. Yeah, it's like you know, it's all the that fighting's been their life for so long, yep. and it's lucrative. Why? Why would you come away from it? Yeah. Um, you want to talk to the, about the next fight? We're getting to the the Coco main. Uh, yeah, Nunes. Yeah, Nunes and uh, Jermaine Durandamy, the women's double champ in the manner Nunes fighting the number one contender Jermaine Durandamy. Now that's it. That was at one thirty-five. Um. So it was only for one of the belts, of course. It's just kind of the way it works in the UFC. It's not like boxing where you can have a, a guy like Anthony Joshua challenging for him. Have several belts, yeah, and get challenged for all of the belts at once, which I think would be kind of cool in the UFC to have an open weight thing. But it's just yeah, it's, 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 it's logistically quite hard. With a, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Where, where, are they, where are they fighting? You can make arguments that they're not really achieving the belt that's yeah outside the weight that they fight. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I... Th- I th- I felt we all predicted Amanda Nunes would, would win, but uh, what I wasn't expecting was that uh, Durandam was actually pretty good. Put up a good showing, <laughs> especially uh, on the feet. Got sort of manhandled on the ground a bit. But, um, yeah. Yeah, otherwise, you know, you, you feel like she probably should have taken that Cyborg fight when she, when she had it offered to her. Because she did gave a better account than Cyborg did of herself. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, Nunes. I think she could have beat Cyborg. Um, I kind of hated. Um, Randy me for a while not because just because her name is the Iron Lady and it reminds me of Thatcher but because um, the whole oh I'm not fighting Cyborg thing but I realised that I was just the victim of the UFC spin on that story if you go back and look at what she was saying she was saying that lady's done so many steroids in her life that there's a huge permanent difference now and therefore yeah, her, she's, her body's being altered to the point where you know stopping taking them doesn't necessarily revert the changes that they've taken over yeah. such a long period of time. So, I think kudos to her for sticking to her guns and saying she doesn't want to fight someone that's been cheating her whole career. Now, Cyborg's passed every single UFC test, so yeah. thrown out of Rishada, but at the same time, I completely get her rationale. Um, and the only reason she got cut is because it was such a shallow division they were trying to prop up. Um, unfortunately, that was the case. But, yeah, she came in this fight and made a great show of herself. She actually, I would say she got the better of Amanda on the feet. Like you were saying, Duncan, she really brought it to her. Had the man the wobbled a couple of times, even. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and yeah. every single round, she would kind of end up on on the losing end after Getting not being able. Yeah, but uh, no. And when no. she when she hit the deck, she got thrown and and pummeled. Yeah. Um, Durandamy being a Dutch kickboxer uh, was really making great use of knees, as we're actually watching right now. Elbows in the clinch. Um, well I'd say Muay Thai that's more Muay Thai obviously but uh, a lot of clinch work but that did give Amanda the opportunity to take her down and control her and I I had to to apologise to my wife because I was raging during this fight because I thought someone on the commentary team said that Durandamy was a black belt in Jiu Jitsu and I thought who the hell gave her a black belt because (laughs) her defence in this fight was for the most part utterly shocking Apart from this one attempt, she got a, an almost armbar. Yeah, from mount k- or kind, transition to mount. 
But uh, Nunez does a really good job there, just like rolling her body away from it. Yeah. And then just grabbing her hands. She's kind of stuck at that point. Definitely. But upon upon looking back, I believe the commentary team said that Amanda was the black belt. I think Jermaine Germani would be probably be a, probably be a blue belt. Uh, I don't know. She just seemed completely lost when she was uh, when Amanda was in her guards. Didn't really know how to set up stuff properly. And I, I'm not expecting a Damian Maya effort in, from guard here, but getting to her feet seemed extremely difficult for her. Yeah, and you'd yeah. like someone like uh, Jermaine to be able to just hit good stand ups, even if she can't. Um, yeah. Just, you know, cause much trouble on the ground. Um, but. Yeah, it's, 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 she's kind of cleaned out the division now, has Nunes. Yep. Um, don't really know, don't really care what's <laughs> happening next with, with that one. It's. Uh... Um, I mean, speaking of, I mean, it's unfortunate that uh, and if they wanted to hire, I think if the UFC have an issue where if they wanted to hire a lot of new female athletes, which would be great, they're going to have to hire people that are just, or women, or <laughs> like women aren't people that people women that just aren't as of a high quality as the rest of the roster when it comes to skill level and experience and that's really I would say just because it's such a kind of aggressive sport it's more male dominant that's just the way it's panned out I'd love to see more women's fights and more women's fights be high quality like this one but I think they would have to hire a lot of regional fighters people who I mean they already have people uh, women on the roster that are terrible I mean there's a few Jessica I picked up a unanimous win on this card oh and my that goodness kind of puts things into perspective yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, that's, that's, it's not a that's not a quick fix though <laughs> there's no there's no band-aid you can put in that and just throw a bunch of money and get all these amazing talented women fighters that's like that they don't exist so the only way you grow that is you know grassroots trying to get yeah. it to, to to women at an earlier age um which I'm sure with the exposure over the last few years, there might be that boom coming. But yeah. you know, yeah, definitely, it's it's still only you know we what we were watching highlights earlier of uh, Ronda, which was kind of the big boom in female UFC, and that's 2013, 2014. Yeah. So you're 2012 as well. Yeah. So yeah. So you're getting maybe some some women that are picking up at that stage now. Um, I think there's yeah. a lot of work that still would need to go in to get that influx of talented female fighters. I mean, strawweight's fine. Strawweight's a really good. Strawweight's a good division. division. Yeah. Um, just you know, it, and it's it's yeah. not necessarily the bantamweight's a bad division. It's just the fact that Nunes yeah. kind of cleared it out. Yeah. There's, there's of course, yeah. It's but why do you not see the same disparity then on your your high end dominant and male? You know, you still seem to have quality below. You know your light heavyweight with Jones, or yeah. well, that's that's fair. But I think um, there was a time at men's flyweight, and to an extent at men's light heavyweight as well, where there has been a complete. We're talking Mighty Mouse. Yeah, yeah, definitely Mighty Mouse. <laughs> that I could, uh, yeah, I can, yeah, and that, but those those fights also, and maybe this goes closer to what women's fights generally are perceived to be as well. But like, they were less interesting than your heavyweight men's fights because even two shite fat heavyweights can still be exciting <laughs> as fuck to watch because you just watch anything could happen as soon as you get into that first round mm. it might slow down like fuck when you get to three but you know, yep. the excitement of the unknown whereas I feel like even when you watch those lower weight classes at uh, male fighting it can be a bit touch and go on whether the fight will be interesting or not Yeah, I, I mean I'll say it 
I don't think a room full of guys can really figure out the women's MMA problem. No, no, um, can't, can't, uh, can't, can't relate, unfortunately. I'd love for a female fighter to come on if we could ever achieve such a thing and give us some perspective. Um, and I mean someone qualified, not just get a woman to explain it to us, because that's... Still that's better than what we're doing now. Probably though. still would be better. But, you know, I'd like to get someone who's got experience. I mean, before Ronda was like Gina Carano and... Um, there's lots of women that just didn't get a lot of exposure before the Ronda era. Um, yeah, it's Marlouise Conan. There you go. Uh, Sorry, I was blanking on her there. Thank but you. But again, not from didn't watch any fighting at that point really. Um, were they promoted the same way as Ronda? As soon as I Ronda kind of blew up, she was headlining cards. Were you getting women in Gina, number cards? Gina Carano was a, a big enough. I mean, enough of a big deal to get cast in Haywire. Um, mm. You know, off of the back of her, which I've seen ten minutes of. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, she's not had like a a a hugely successful uh, acting career, but she's she's kind of a celebrity at this point. And she she was, was, yeah, she was. um, Gina Carano was in an episode of The Mandalorian as well. Yeah, she was in uh, Deadpool. um, Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. So, it is in a way, but her career, she's obviously taking a career path that's just kind of suiting her and she hasn't got an obligation to try and restart or you know generate interest in women's MMA she's done her time for that you know yeah. uh, this is getting quite into an interesting topic but again I'm a man sitting here talking about women's issues <laughs> I don't want to do an absolute ton of it but uh, I'd love a woman to explain it better I'm sure they, yeah I'm sure it's, it's <laughs> in a way it looks quite bad that we've turned this uh, Amanda Nunes being a really good champion into women's MMA yeah <laughs> as a problem yeah but, um, <laughs> No, no one here is disputing how unbelievably talented all of the women that are right, fighting in the stop. UFC, <laughs> but also specifically Nunes. Well, one thing I would like to say though is I believe it was Liz Carmouche recently just fought Valentina Shevchenko yeah. for a title, and now as of I think last month the UFC called her while she was doing media for them uh, or helping out some sort of press thing, and told her she was let go. Which is pretty shocking. Yeah. It's a terrible way to treat your athletes, especially one who's... Ju- and what does it say about the rest of your division that you're trying to build up if the, the person gonna, who's yeah. just challenged for a title and who's beaten the, the champion mm-hmm. uh, before uh, just gets just gets cut? That, uh, it really is no way to treat your ISA a favourite sister, honestly. But um, <laughs> so this looks really similar. Um, I don't know. I, to be honest, that fight was shocking. I don't think Liz Kermush is very... Um, I didn't think she was ready for that fight at this point in her career um, and good honour for going for it and trying to take it to her but that was one of the most inactive fights I've ever seen especially for a title fight and I don't want to get down that rabbit hole again but male or female is a shocking way to treat your athlete especially Liz Kermush who's been around for years yeah. proper on that division um, I would love the solution is I think just to try and give it time um, you can't put divisions on hold though until it gets better I think you just have to find a way to keep it going but um I don't know. It makes me, watching fights like these makes me really excited to see more women's MMA. More yeah, because yeah, that fight was high level was fight. Really, yeah. really interesting to watch. Yeah, it, it's it's it really is no different. The only difference is that women can't get kicked in the dick. <laughs> that's the and even then they can still get they still get time if they get kicked there, but that's the only difference. That's literally it. The fighting is the same. Um, I would say people say oh, there's not as many knockouts. I'd say it's comparable to bantamweight. You know, it's. There's not a lot of knockouts at Bantamweight these days, but the fights can be good. The fights can still be great. Um, but anyway, that's been a big chunk of our time. Beating a dead horse. <laughs> Beating a dead horse at this point. 
Uh, a lot of respect when he's tour as well, which was great as well. It was nice to see that. But Volkanovski and Holloway. Oh yes, that was a cracker. Um, Volkanovski with the least Australian name I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, I think we must have mentioned it about ten times that he used to be a rugby player that was four hundred pounds or some ridiculous made-up weight. Yeah, five-ton rugby player uh, over in Australia. Yep. Um, not anymore. <laughs> Don't think that's that important. No. But uh, they mentioned it a lot. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, guys. Joe Rogan tried to make a point on air saying that well, he used to weigh two three hundred pounds. So he's got giant lungs, which are helping him with his cardio. And I really don't think that's how biology works. But I don't know, maybe. Um, so what, in general, what do you think of the fight? This was a fantastic fight. I, for so long, I've been the person that always goes, oh, this might be the guy to beat Max. And it never works out. I thought Ortega would do it. I thought Frankie could maybe get the takedown. Fra- Fra- the Frankie one was the one I was convinced that and I thought he was going to have the, the notch and lose. Yep. And it didn't happen. So when it came to Volkanovski, a, a very good contender that I knew about. I mean, yeah. I still said no. Number, not number this time. one, right? Yeah, I still said no, not this time. I've bought into it too much. Max is just going to dominate him. But lo and behold, I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think the moralism always going to be wrong about my predictions. Uh, what did you think about the fight, Duncan? I, I thought, yeah, Volkanovski was was really impressive. Um, he he kind of changed his game uh, enough to, to beat Holloway and he out Holloway Holloway in a lot of ways uh-huh. um, so he was focusing less on the trying to get takedowns off the cage and wrestling his opponent like he has in the past and he was just he built up a really good uh, kickboxing game and he had a reach advantage over Holloway which I thought was really strange that was so weird yeah because height wise he's got a couple inches yeah, on so Holloway has a couple inches so I don't he? know if Holloway maybe has just has slightly shorter arms than most people his height or if uh, Volkanovski I think it's the other way around yeah it's the other way around has massive Kevin Lee tangly <laughs> arms but Max has quite a long torso and longish legs I'd say I think his arms are probably about average length for a guy his height uh, I did not know that either. It was really strange to discover. He's kind of like Conor McGregor in the sense that he's not a very tall guy, but he's got very long limbs. Yeah, and he uses uses his, his reach and his uh, really really well. Yep. Um, very well. It was interesting. Um, what what were the rest of your thoughts on that one? Ah, uh, that's it. Really, I mean, it wasn't a, a, a incredibly action packed fights in terms of damage done. Mm-hmm. There wasn't uh, any sort of massive moments where you felt like either fighter. Uh, no, they they both seemed pretty. Um, you know, no one, no one seemed to lose, um, you know, lose themselves in the fight in the sense that they were in danger. I, I felt like they were both kind of in control the whole fight. It's just, um, Holloway get hit more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, for me, I think it was a matter of, I think Volkanovski is deceptive with his reach, of course, like we just said, and I think Holloway was trying to stick to his game plan of kind of like stick and move. Um, throw the quick combo and fade away, you know, and and use his size to kind of um, to his advantage with that to to dodge the punches of the shorter man. But um, it didn't work with Volkanovski because he could always reach him as he was fading away. There's several times we're watching right now where Max goes in for a quick combo, tries to get out, and Volkanovski just catches him with a left hook, right hand down the pipe. And again, it's a credit to Max's chin. Like we saw it in the distant Poirier fight, but. He took some hard shots in this yeah, fight too. Yeah, some of them looked looked like he should have been in danger and should have been rocked, uh, but he always seems to just brush. 
Yeah, all but... of those shots that you look at and go, yeah. oh. But they're both so tough, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I think it was a, I think it was a testament to Volkanovski's chin as well. He took a lot of big shots as well. Um, I think the, the key to this fight was the, not just the catching Holloway as he's going away, but the leg kicks from Volkanovski. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna mention the leg kicks. I thought the leg kicks were, um, again, not that, not that I really thought that Holloway looked like he felt them, but the, you can tell that he would hurt the next day. Like I, some of them were really well timed when he was when Holloway was advancing forward, and so powerful. Yeah, it's like that constant chopping on the leg had to have done something to him. But Holloway, as we said, it's like he doesn't seem to feel damage when he's in a fight. Um, which allows him to constantly put that pressure um, on whoever he's fighting. Yep, he's got um, he's definitely gifted uh, in talent and work ethic, but also just <laughs> those Hawaiian genetics <laughs> just make him an absolute madman. It doesn't feel pain sometimes. You're never going to see him quit from a body shot. You know what I mean? It's just I think he's just built that way. Um, we just saw the result being read there, and he he really thought he'd won the fight. Yeah, I don't blame him for thinking that it was very close. But at I do the think end, we, what would anyone mind what the exact judges scored? It was a unanimous decision. Was it a unanimous, unanimous decision? Volkanovski favor, and I think that's a fair decision as well. I think it's fair too. I don't I don't see any problem with it. I think it's uh, you know the judges got a lot of shape for this card, and some of the decisions I think that I think were bad. Uh, maybe not the ones we've gone through, but some other ones. But that being said. Um, that, I think that was a good decision and good for them sticking to that decision, not being influenced by the kind of mystique of quote, yeah. quote, the greatest featherweight ever, even though Jose Aldo's standing right there. <laughs> um, Josie Aldo, should I say. But I thought, yeah, it was fantastic. I'd love to, I don't know if I want to see a rematch first or maybe another contender take a shot at Volkanovski. Well, I'd like to see Kideen Zombie Oh, I know. Straight after. in there. Yeah. I don't think we're going to touch on that, are we? I probably don't have time to touch on that. But, but yeah, we have about 24 minutes left. Right, okay, yeah. We'll so we time. probably won't touch, but yeah, I'd like to see the well, Korean zombie. Duncan definitely. sitting wearing a Korean zombie t shirt <laughs> that he got for his crimbo. I know where you watched a live July on Shout that. Out Paul. <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan of Korean zombie too. Um, great fighter. He's, he's also one that's been fighting for a very long time, um, several years. Uh, and he's kind of like a fan, a fan favorite. You know, once you find out about him, you kind of go, "Oh wow!" Yeah. You know. And I fight of the year contender with Eddie Rodriguez, then followed by by <sighs> two knockouts over um, perennial top five contenders in Moicano and Edgar. Yeah. It just feels like he's just just give him it. I think the Edgar one particularly. Yeah. We need our first Korean champion. We've got our first Chinese champion. I don't think we've ever had a. UFC Japanese champion but Kizushi Sakuraba won one of the UFC's tournaments but right. he wasn't a champion Championship. per se of course he's just a tournament champion yeah which yeah. is you know I think it's I think it counts but I, I saw he just got his Hall of Fame jacket from Dana White as well which is great to see that's a sweet moment I got the got the Sakuraba hoodie on as well yeah. as well. <laughs> zips up to be the luchador mask mm-hmm. uh, but i the thing I was most impressed about with Max was the way he took his loss. He took it like a complete champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on Joe Rogan a couple of days later, and again, I'm not going to promote Joe Rogan too much, but it was an interesting interview, and he actually claimed in the interview he didn't even really feel the leg kicks, and that afterwards he went out partying with the Chainsmokers <laughs> at a club. And I thought, all right. I hadn't heard that. That's, that's class. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So he was trying to stage dive with the Chainsmokers in this club. Uh, I thought, you know what? I mean, I think in the I think it's hard to remember what happens in a fight, and he's probably he definitely switched dances to compensate for mm-hmm. it. 
So he definitely felt something at the time, but whether or not he remembers that, truthfully, you know, that's the, even if he's just having a bit of bravado for the it's rematch, part, that's part fine. Of the, yeah, it's you part know. of the, the game into it. Yeah, exactly. But no, yeah, I, I next next definitely. I don't I don't I don't need the re- I would be happy with the rematch, but because yeah. again, exciting fight. But yeah, um, yeah. If if I was leaning one way, I think after the Edgar fight, I'd like to see it's time to to let the, the Korean zombie have his have his go. And you could maybe have Max waiting in the wings for the rematch. The, the rematch. Yeah, 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 exactly. Have have the fight on the um, assumption that the Korean zombie loses loses or either way and have. Frank is the, the, the next up because he's he deserves it considering how long he's, yeah, he's Max sat is on. the next up. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Because yeah. um, he's been sitting at the top of that heat for so long. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think it's a total side note but it's interesting to me that they now bill people by their nicknames more. So instead of calling them Chan Sun, they call, <laughs> they call them the Koreans yeah. on, the, on the billboards. They call Donald Stoney Cowboy. Yeah, that's, just that, cowboy. That's, that's great. I think that's, that's perfect. You know? They should you should go that way rather than the other because it but they're that famous that at least in this world that people know who it is instantly yeah you're not going to think oh who Oliviera Cowboy you know what I mean <laughs> you're going to think Cowboy Cerrone um, also that Korean car was in Busan wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah which just links up perfectly with Train to Busan I hope they had some local promotion that did the crossover <laughs> great film there uh, do you want to go into the last fight yeah, yeah let's do it card. so it was Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington um, man this was controversial for several reasons mainly because of um colby covington's shtick of being a stereotype of a well i won't say a republic it's not a republican it's a diehard trump fan supporter um overblowing stereotypical republican um and even i wouldn't say that's fair because there's plenty of republicans or nothing like that in the states but uh that i definitely wanted to see who the better wrestler was going to be and instead we got Almost five rounds of a kickboxing match. And I think that is absolutely fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Um, yeah. It was quite curious that neither of them went to the wrestling. Neither uh, of them. And you'd, you'd think once. that... Do you think that was a conscious decision by both? Because they didn't want to wrestle the other? I believe so. Yeah, it's like, I, I believe I'm better on the feet. And because of that, if they both think the same way, then neither of them will go, go to the ground. I mean, I feel like, I mean, look what happened with, uh, well, actually, that's not entirely true. I was going to say, look what happened with Ben Askren and Damian Maya. Now, mm. neither of them are extremely competent in striking. Damian Maya is obviously much better. Um, and it did go to the ground. Eventually. I mean, it did, it did, in the, and it was really impressive, but, I think, for yeah. the, the small portions that that fight did. But yeah, it wasn't the, the grapple fest that I think everyone thought it was going to be going into that fight in the same way that I think, yeah, as you're both saying, this, everyone thought this one might, might end up being. Yeah. But a lot of the... I mean, I, I thought this was really exciting. <laughs> it was. I mean, yeah. it's foolish of me to assume... Because history would show that when you put two grapplers together who can walk somewhat, it, it will usually just end up on the feet most of the time. Um, I mean, for I mean, even far back is going back to... Um, f- it wasn't Abu Dhabi, thoroughly enough. It was Roy Nelson versus... It was one of the Nogera brothers. I'm not sure. I want to say Minotaro, but it might have been his brother. Um... They were, I mean, Minotoro or whatever Nogera brother it was, a, amazing high level jiu-jitsu fighter. Uh, Roy Nelson, also very good at jiu-jitsu, just well, never allegedly, allegedly very good. We'll at never know if Roy Nelson. <laughs> uh, Roy Nelson. He's rank yeah. rotten now, but I mean, people they put it in Abu Dhabi because they thought, oh, Abu Dhabi likes grappling. Mm-hmm. 
these are two grapplers and then it was just a KO fest so <laughs> it doesn't work out um, but yeah extremely entertaining fight um, I mean ended up with Colby Covington's jaw broken I believe um, and it was very back and forth for most of the fight I wouldn't say it was one sided at all until the, the closing moments yeah it became one sided um, but it, no it was, it was it was very even uh, I, th- I think usually Covington he's just purely forward pressure yeah. and he's he's going to punch until he crashes into the clinch yeah. and then he's going to take someone down but for whatever reason he would was not wanting to do that and because he's been such a good wrestler but he wasn't willing to engage the clinch he wasn't willing to crash into it in the same way but he had opportunities to he, he, had, them. he had a lot of opportunities yeah. but for that reason I think he was hanging around in boxing range a lot more than he's used to yeah. and um, getting hit taking <laughs> a lot more damage yeah. as a result um, yeah which obviously ended up with a stoppage in the fifth <laughs> round yeah um, absolutely what do you think of this one Colin? I, I, I think similar to the um, Morales-Aldo fight it was just a, an action packed fight from start to finish and I love that um, I, I've said before that I, I adore some of the grappling fights but when you get you know two fighters that are just willing to throw um, yep. kickboxing the whole way it's, it's I'm completely on board with it um, I think yeah, um, I was really impressed by by Usman. Um, he's such a powerful fighter, um, and some of the shots um, that that Kobe was taking just looked so painful. Oh my goodness! I mean, a lot of the body shots as well. The just... knees. It was the knees into the body that I remember specifically when we were watching it the first time round. I was like, I'd be so fucking winded if that hit me like that. <laughs> um, and and credit to 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 Kobe. Like he he did very well returning apart from those eye pokes that he did a couple of times yeah. and then got the returned eye poke um, but yeah he, he took shots really well but it might just be what you were saying Duncan it might just be that that reluctance to, to go into the clinch and, and take it into some kind of a, a grapple or a wrestle um, meant that he was taking a lot more damage than he was used to whereas I think Usman looked a lot more comfortable with that damage when he was taking it um, and it might have just been the particular shots that Usman landed um creating that damage that when it hit the fifth round yeah, you know you could see as it gets into the fourth as we're kind of in, in this, these highlights now yeah Kobe shots are nowhere near as as potent as they were and those some of those direct jabs to the face are just yeah so it was a good stoppage I think I think it was the right time I think Kobe was 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 out of it and um, but all in all exciting fight and a, I think a good one to, to kind of top off the card and what I thought was a, a really good card to watch yeah what about yourselves? I was just going to say, to me the whole fight, it looked like that they both hired the exact same striking coach, except the striking coach only taught Kamaru teeps and not Kobe. <laughs> I mean, they were just sticking each other with the same jab for a lot of the fight. And then, of course, they started landing their combos and stuff, but I think you broke it down really well. It was a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. Um, they were both throwing very similar combinations and strikes at each other. Um, but eventually, you know, one just wore the other down. I think it's actually a, a good uh, indication of Kamaru's chin. And I don't think that this was a bad performance for Colby in any way, shape, or form. I think it's just that we've seen that Kamaru is that tough. Kamaru's usually been the one that's dominating people from the start. Uh, but we've got to see his chin and his heart. Because he got rocked a couple of times. Not quite obviously, but you could see a couple stunned him. Yeah. Um, I wasn't super annoyed. I mean, at the time, I was kind of annoyed at the stoppage. Do you th- I mean, we, but, we, there wasn't a lot of time left in the fight. I don't think anything was no. going to change from it. And I think 
would you have thought if it finished that last minute out without the stoppage do you think the result would have been any different no it would not have yeah. been. so that's it so again Molly Molly Chigrin if that's the right way to say it oh there's <laughs> Abdel Aziz putting himself in the picture when he shouldn't be <laughs> I hate that guy um, yeah it wouldn't have gone the other way referees of course of course aren't meant to predict fights as they go it's surely meant to be the last second they step in but um, no I'm not mad at it now after reviewing it it's, it's a good stoppage Colby finally tried to shoot on him as he's already down on the ground, which was just, you know, that's an indication that a wrestler is injured and going back to his roots, you know, fighting on instinct, going for that double leg that's never going to work, you know what I mean? But, I mean, props to Kamaru. I mean, I was, I, it's was funny that what's really sad is I don't think anyone would have cared about this fight if Colby wasn't such a heel. I really think no one cares about Kamaru's been that much. Which is, un- which is really unfortunate because he's a great fighter. I think, yeah, I think he's really good. But I think every time I've watched him, I've, I've been impressed by him. Again, he's, he's his power as well when he lands shots are always, yeah, you, you feel them. Yeah, he's definitely, I mean, he's the guy who outworked and out-muscled uh, Tyron Woodley. Of all yeah. People, you know, that's what was impressive, impressed me when he became champion. Which was kind of Woodley's MO, wasn't it? Of course, yeah. I think, sorry, you got different. No, just, you know, I mean, after this, hopefully he does get uh, a, a bit more engagement because he's had an exciting fight. It's uh, yep. been a fight of the year contender, and he's finished uh, his opponent. Yep. Um, but I know I, I I feel like this was he did genuinely look just better as well. Uh, like he'd improved enough. Uh, so I think people should be taking notice of him uh, from this point on. I think so too. Uh, a criticism I had of him before is that his striking wasn't. It still looked quite unpolished, and he was from wild uppercuts that hit the air only and stuff. But in this fight, he looked like he landed quite a lot um, of combos accurately. He wasn't throwing stuff too wildly. He was very calculated, even when he was eating big shots himself. Really impressive performance. I do think that as much as he probably hates Colby Covington, he probably owes him a little something for getting people interested. Yeah, yeah. I used to absolutely despise Covington uh, because I thought all this stuff was his real personality until I saw some videos of meeting fans where they're asking him about it and he was saying oh no it's not it's not really me blah 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 so I can kind of respect that he's just doing it to make a buck because he's trying to get in and get out himself he's a young guy I'm sure he doesn't want to do this until he's old but you know I can get why some people hate him for his persona it was quite embarrassing um, he talked a lot during this lead up and then when he came out to the cage he looked very nervous was looking down the whole time didn't have his usual bravado and then of course when he lost you know he was quite angry when he walked out of the cage and then I think he actually if you look at the throw in the the agony preview that they have on YouTube he put his jacket over his head and walked yeah. to the building I thought that's you know you should at least have the if you really want to be a good trash talker a good heel you should have the kind of composure of Chael Sonnen who even though he was completely devastated that he lost both times to Anderson still went out to the post fight press conference and addressed it and still had some like sharp wit about him, you know. I think some of the some of these fighters though are so yeah, so proud that it's so hard for them to accept the loss that it's kind of rubbing it in their face. I, I know it's part of the gig; it's literally their job. But yep. yeah, I guess it's just some people are better than others. I guess that when it comes to you know, it's, it must be hard to sit in front of the world and be like, "Yeah, I lost." <laughs> no, it's not. I, I, it's not a big criticism for me because it isn't. I can't imagine how hard that is to do, but. I think it is one of the most I mean obviously pride filled there was an organisation called pride for goodness sake but it's one of the most pride filled occupations in the world 
or at least in athletics because sure there's plenty of other one-on-one style athletics like tennis where you get a lot of egos and stuff and a lot of kind of pride but I think when it comes to team sports in, individually it's harder to see employers but when you see two men in a cage in front of the whole world and that's all it's about 50% of the people in that cage are going to be you know having to deal with a loss yeah um, and that's quite a unique thing I think I don't think you see that very often I mean sure you may get it like tennis or uh, darts if you're into darts not that I am but you know and darts is usually just a laugh anyway into it. I don't know but <laughs> you'll upset a lot of darts fans. I'm sorry any darts fans I know a few darts fans don't, let's, let's have the conversation whether darts is a sport that's a great one to oh, get into <laughs> if we didn't have just 10 minutes left I would what is a sport that seems like a great topic <laughs> I think you know what um, there'll be plenty of cards coming up in this 2020 I'm sure there'll be some I mean, there's already been some great ones announced I'm hoping we wrap Khabib and Tony and bubble wrap until their fight so we can get that one but um I think some even if there is cards to review some weeks might be good just to have a topic like that because I don't want this to be too even though we just do this for a laugh uh, this is the kind of conversation we'd have anyway if we're together maybe not so um, formal, formal or we, would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have a running order but I'm sure we would <laughs> we'd sa- we saved our conversation or tried to save our conversations on these cards till we get to this point yeah. so that we're not uh, yeah, it's, it's, it would actually genuinely have an a an insight into each other's thoughts on it even though we're sitting together when we're watching it we're both like even though we're reading this from a script uh, <laughs> even now this part explaining that uh, that is written on the oh, script oh no that was my line you, that, sorry, yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah. we are saving up for a teleprompter so I can feel like a news anchor um, but yeah I think even if we have cards to review we might just skip that one time and just talk, pick a topic I think that's more fun to talk I like about that no, yeah. I, I'm a, a big fan of, of topic based discussions because yeah, big cards are, are great to go through. It's just nice to mix it up as well. Yeah, and then we get more we get a bit more opinion. It's not just you can relate to it as well. It can be a it's not just analysis. Yeah, you know, half half the time talking about a card and then follow up by a topic, which is kind of what we planned to do with this, as much as it was prep wise, maybe not as a uh, as much as we've done in the, the other ones. Oh, definitely not. We always run out of time, but. Um, well, I don't know if we have really time to go into year in review. There has been some great. Um, fights this year, some great rising personalities this year and rising fighters. There's just some really awesome moments that we've had. The memes have been fantastic this year. It's been a really good year for. And you're 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 MMA. both uh, more more of the the meme lords than I am as as Reddit surfers. I don't have the shout out to the <laughs> RMMA subreddit all day. No shout out to the RUFC subreddit because <laughs> that's just where people who get banned from the MMA subreddit go to be edgy. <laughs> I've noticed this. The the comments are a lot more toxic. Some of the memes are pretty good, but you get you meet some people on there and you think, all right, you're here because you can't be in the main place. I get it. Besides, we're you know obviously in the UFC one, you cannot discuss Bellator, which uh, <laughs> is incredibly important for uh, any MMA fan. Yep, KSW, <laughs> um, Lion Fight, Glory, you name it, but it's not, not there. Not allowed. No, yeah, yeah, all the all the favourites. Um, I think the only thing for a, a year-end review for me was that it's been another great year of UFC. That's so fucking cheesy. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it, it <laughs> It's has been a great year for us. It's, it's going back to something I touched on in the very first time we spoke um, on this podcast about why I started to, to like and love this sport. Um, and it continues to provide years in now. I'm now four years, five years in, maybe more. 
can't even remember exactly. It, it, probably four, yeah. Um, four, and yeah. and it's you know it's constantly still giving me something new each time. Um, and I feel like I learn a lot more um, as every year that we go into. Um, and my highlight of the year uh, is something I've already touched on, which was the um, Cormier Stipe fight, which as a Stipe being my favourite fighter and and manage managing to to overcome Cormier no matter how he did it, um, <laughs> was was definitely a, a, a great moment for me, particularly coming back after the loss. Um, but yeah, I yeah, can continue to uh, enjoy uh, the sport and hope it provides more more interesting um, things going into 2020. Maybe less of the uh, fucking baddest motherfucker uh, title fights um, and more of the actual interesting... With any luck, we'll get less <laughs> novelty belts. Yeah. One is already too many. I think, yeah, we'll keep it at one, hopefully. Uh, who knows, by the time we do this this podcast, if we're still doing it in the year-end 2020, we could have 20, 30 of these belts that are oh thrown across the, the UFC, but uh, yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> um, don't want to take too long, we've only got a few minutes left. Duncan, do you have a, a favourite moment? Could be a fight, could be a fight terrors moment from 2019 off the top of your yeah, head? Yeah, well, I, I think you and me, Robert, share the same fight of the year, so I'll leave, I'll leave that to you. Um, but I would just like to shout Paul Craig. Uh, we, we, we touched earlier on how a man with two first names has to work harder for everything he has and no man with two first names more generic than Paul Craig has worked harder this year uh, so from from humble beginnings he has uh, got a winning record in 2019 of two wins one loss and one draw uh, we're very proud of him we'd love to have him on the podcast um, although I think we have talked some shit about him in the past I think so I think we should sorry. tell him start on episode 3 start on this episode <laughs> and Paul. don't go back uh, please no, yeah, I think yeah. it's, all, it's all been a, if anything in good jest if it's been negative <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's right I mean I did pick him to beat John Jones that was not facetious in any way that was true um, uh, the yeah. comeback of the year, uh, or most improved, if you like, this can be a sort of a sort of double award. As goes to Bryce Mitchell. Are you either of you familiar with Bryce Mitchell? Not a clue. Just finished his twister submission the other day. Just finished his twister submission. Fantastic win. Um, but before that, uh, drilled through his own scrotum with a power tool, and he's had. You hear about that? Was was this an intentional thing? Yeah, it was continuing the tradition of uh, big old dumb country boys. <laughs> just, like, get, just giving it a go, yeah, see what happens. Like, like Matt Hughes, you know, a long lineage of, of doing dumb shit with your tools. Uh, Drug hey. through his scrotum and he's, he recovered, came back, got a twister. Well done, you. Well done, you, mate. Uh, uh, Bob, any thoughts? Um, Paul Craig, I don't want you in the podcast because you'll probably batter me if you do come on. <laughs> I uh, I got to train with some of my old guys from um, not old guys sorry I got to train with some old friends guys that do some it. of them are old guys well <laughs> don't I won't see them again hopefully so I can say that uh, I'm sure <laughs> they're tuning in guys we used to do kickboxing with and cast with you guys man I forgot doing kickboxing for two years that was a complete wake up call I'm here for a couple weeks felt in like a fish out of water again Caledonia just kind of gave me a new respect these guys you're watching TV trying I mean, I mean, of course, I'm still occasionally, but my goodness, get one of these in if still doing, uh, hopefully. To think that I was terrified uh, of the guys I was going against today, just for some very, very, very barely context bar. Any closing thoughts on him forgetting from the close-up? Just watching these guys break each other's jaws on TV, I just think, man. No, you know, just shout Paul Craig for the third time. But no, Paul Craig, we do love you. Come 
We do Please want you on the podcast. Yeah. You know, Stevie, don't ask how we got Stop ghosting me, Paul. Daniel Kelly. Yeah, we would. We actually wanted to have this out. Danny Henry, Daniel Kelly. I think someone actually. Apologies for that. Hey, Danny Kelly. If you love me as well, I'll take you. You can come as well, mate. I mean, any guest, really, to be honest. We're desperate. We're desperate for a guest. I think my mom showed some interest. Your mom definitely showed some interest. Shout out to my mum. She is welcome anytime. She wants to come good. Shout out to all the mums when you my favorite fight was probably Adesanya versus how their daughter has already got a black belt and how you Adesanya we do so and someone is getting apart from us had a laugh together both men got hurt really looking at how they've both turned out it just shows how forward to I'd love to see a rematch if you can both get it out guys the whole I mean the whole event was about Khabib being in Abu Dhabi a Muslim country and they're a Muslim champion um, he's a super he's a mega star I wouldn't say super he's a mega star over there you know and yeah Dustin Poirier chose to come out to James Brown's The Boss and I think that song just encapsulated the moment, his moment right there and then, that <laughs> it's a song about paying the cost to be the boss. I won't sing it because I'll butcher it. But the vibe, he brought his own vibe into that foreign place. To him, at least it was foreign. He kind of put his flag in the ground almost and said, I'm not intimidated by this situation. You know, I'm not going to fold under this pressure. And even though he lost, he put up a really good fight. Um, but yeah, it's been a really great year for me. I'm really excited to see, like, you're saying call for 2020. What happens? What we get? Got McGregor back. McGregor's back. That will take another half hour to talk about. So <laughs> we'll do that maybe after his next fight. Um, but it's been fantastic to actually be here and do a cast with you guys live, not over Skype. Good to have you back, man. Good mm-hmm. to be here. I'm here for a couple of weeks in the blessed Caledonia. But um, yeah, we'll try and if I'm ever over again, I mean, I will be over again visiting, so I'll always make a point to catch up with you and get one of these in if we're still doing them, hopefully, uh, as time goes on. But if not, it's back to the good old Skype. Back to the good old Skype. But uh, any closing thoughts, anything I'm forgetting before we close up? Um, I think we're okay. Nah, you know, shout out to Paul Craig for the third time. <laughs> um, that's, that's about it. Paul, we do love you. Come please reply to our texts don't ask how we got the number stop ghosting me Paul stop ghosting us um, yeah we would. We actually wanted to have this out in time for Christmas it just didn't work out that way because my flight got delayed thanks to British Airways and American Airlines but uh, if you are a person who loves talking about MMA listening to MMA conversation we hope this podcast helps you out gives you something to listen to especially while you meet up with relatives um that may come in good and handy in the new year when you have to talk to relatives who again think you either do karate or <laughs> WWE wrestling or kung fu and when you tell them it's you know boxing or jiu-jitsu they probably do the karate hands and make the noises but when they tell you about how they've done Krav Maga yeah <laughs> how their daughter has already got a black belt and how you don't got one yet mm-hmm. you know we just hope that someone is getting enjoyment at this apart from us having a laugh together that's why we do it but anyways that's been episode 3 boys Looking forward to more in the new year. Onward and upwards. Thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, 
Smash that like button. <laughs> Fuck off. Bye, <laughs> that bitch, baby. Fuck off. Fuck off. Catch you, guys. Catch you.